0: Hey, friend. Is your heart feeling kind of heavy every time you get on social media lately? Or maybe do you find yourself getting really angry with people who you thought you knew really well? You're not alone. So many of us who are heart-centered leaders are feeling a little uneasy about this election cycle. In this three-part series, we are going to talk about the election in a way that brings ease and comfort and people back to the forefront. The second part of this Lead With Your Ballot series is taken from a live discussion I did with my friend Julie Klein from Curious Conversations on non-traditional voting methods that have become so critical to the 2020 election. Let's dive in. You're listening to Beyond Leadership. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. And I want to use the lessons I've learned from 15 years of leadership experience in business, politics, nonprofit, and the military to help you break through the BS of everyone else's expectations so you can lead as your authentic self. Join me every week as I give you tangible ways you can have more influence, more cohesion, more innovation, and more peace of mind when you lay your head down at night because leadership is about so much more than just leading. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's get going.
1: So welcome everyone to our very, very first Curious Conversation. I am so excited to get this dialogue going and I'm very fortunate to be joined by the wonderful Sarah Mae Chepczynski. I think I got it right. <laughs> 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 um, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Sarah and then um, we are gonna jump right in here and talk all about absentee ballots and absentee voting. So as you're jumping on, um, if you wanna comment what state you're watching from and if you have any questions as we go, please just drop them in and we will do our best to answer them um, while we're on here live. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining me for my first
0: conversation. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Julie. I I appreciate the opportunity to talk about voting and about absentee voting because it's so important, especially like this year with everything that we have going on, not just in politics, but globally with COVID and this year's a perfect storm. So this is an incredibly important topic for us.
1: Yes. Yes, we felt voting was really, really topical to get the conversation started here in this group. Um, And today we are going to focus all in on absentee ballots. So hit us with your questions. We know this has been a hot topic and a lot of information, a lot of conflicting information out there. Um, So we wanted to start with this one for you guys. So let's jump right into our first question here for Sarah. So first things first, we're going to start really basic. What is an absentee ballot? Is it the same as voting by mail?
0: Um, what, what is, what really is it here that we're talking about? Yeah. So that's a really good question because there's a lot of conversations happening about what is absentee voting versus what is mail-in voting. And realistically, it's the same exact freaking thing. Um, so absentee voting is what it started off as. It started for military personnel that were away at war during the civil war. So it's not new, um, I've done it before. When I was stationed at Fort Huachuca in 2012 for the presidential election, I absentee voted, but it's it's not new, Um, so all the conversations around it being something that we're unfamiliar with, just, they really aren't true um it really is the same if you're talking absentee voting mail-in voting but the reason it's called different things is because the voting system here in the united states is so decentralized and nothing's connected that each state has their own systems their own rules on how to conduct elections and therefore they have their own rules and their own lingo around absentee or mail-in voting Um, so realistically yes the same thing but don't confuse absentee voting or mail-in voting with this universal mail-in voting, um, which has also been a topic of discussion. So there are only five states that have universal mail-in voting. So if you live in Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Washington, or Utah, those five states automatically send absentee ballots. They send ballots to every registered voter in the state regardless of whether or not they request it. But those are the only five states that do that. And so far, so good. I mean, none of these five states have ever reported significant issues with their system. They just do it this way because, you know, their populations are spread out or they don't have the assets to staff polling places. So they have universal mail-in voting. But those are the only five places that do. Everywhere else, you have to actually request the ballot. Yeah, that's right. Such
1: good information in there. Um, You touched on a really important thing, I think, which is that this is not a new Um, system. In fact, so many Americans that you might not think of always vote absentee. Um, If you're affiliated with the military and you get moved from station to station, a lot of times you are voting absentee. If you are an American and you live abroad, you are voting absentee. Um, And like you said, there's only five states where they send the ballot directly to you. So no one's really hounding you to go on and register and request your ballot. It's really something you have to do for yourself to make sure that your voice is heard if you're in one of those situations where you need to vote absentee.
0: Yeah, so with regard to like who can actually vote absentee um, under normal circumstances, and obviously we all know that 2020 is not a normal year, but you're right, under normal circumstances, it's uh, military. Uh, If you know you're going to be out of town on election day or if you're ill and like unable to leave your home those are the people that traditionally vote absentee and mail in their ballots but this year specifically for COVID-19 there are 35 states that have changed their absentee voting rules in order to help kind of cut down the risk of spread of the virus at polling locations so that's normally absentee voting or mail-in voting isn't as widespread as it's going to be this year but because 2020 (laughs) we're we're seeing a lot of differences and and this is one of those things that you know local municipalities and state governments are saying yeah this is one way we can help stop the spread or slow the spread of COVID-19 let's change our rules even if it's temporarily for for voting because there's also so many people that want to vote because it is a presidential election year yep yep spot on spot on
1: All right, so let's talk a little bit about how absentee voting works. So there is a lot of information out there saying How are we going to count all these ballots. There's going to be unprecedented numbers of ballots. Um, There's rampant fraud in absentee voting. So what really goes on here. How does the system work so that they make sure you don't vote twice, but also that your vote does get counted.
0: Okay, so FDR said that nobody will ever deprive the American people the right to vote except the American people themselves. And the only way you can do it is by not voting. So this notion that it's, it's incredibly frustrating to me having been in the political system that people think that mailing in your ballot is somehow thwarting our political system when that's not the case at all. So a couple of good things to note about absentee voting or mail-in voting, uh, number one, you have to be registered to vote before you can absentee vote. So that's like number one. If you are not registered to vote, uh, please check your state, uh, figure out when your voter registration deadlines are. A lot of them are very quickly approaching. There are some states that do day of at the polls registration or Registration at early voting, but you have to have to have to be registered to vote before you're able to one vote at all or two, vote to vote absentee or mail-in um, So the way mail-in ballots are work they the way they work if you are mailing them in is in most states um, And I actually didn't find a state that didn't work this way But mail-in ballots are not counted until after the polls close on Election Day so you request your ballot you get your ballot in the mail you fill it out and you either send it in or you there are a lot of places now that you can actually bring it to a polling location or to your local municipality Um, if you choose to send it in a lot of them will have like a barcode or some sort of unique tracking mechanism Um, it's going to depend on your locality but you can actually track your ballot as it goes back to your polling location Um, And then whether you mail it in or you hand deliver it, once they're there, they're kept in a secure location at your polling location until election day because the ballots have to be counted by ward. Um, And the reason that is, is because You know, when you show up to vote and they ask to, you know, they'll ask to see your ID or whatever. They'll ask who you are and they cross you off a list. There's usually an old lady sitting there with a piece of paper and the list of everybody's names and addresses. And she literally crosses you off the list and she gives you a number and you hand your number to the next person and they give you the ballot, right? We've all done this before. But the reason that they don't count the ballots until after the polls close is because your mail-in ballot, if you choose to go to the election, like go to the polls on election day, they're not going to count your ballot. So they check who mailed in a ballot against who voted that day. So they're ensuring one that you don't vote twice and two, that there's, there's no fraud in that. Um, also kind of nice, Julie and I were talking beforehand, like that means, okay, if I mail in my ballot today and I, something happens in the next three weeks and I change my mind, I just go to the polls on election day and my, my mail-in ballot never gets counted. I can go void my own vote with a new vote. That's um, right, I can just override it. I, I can override my, my own vote, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go in person
1: now and I'm gonna vote.
0: <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs>
1: Yep.
0: So yep. It's, that's how they kind of ensure that you're not voting twice. Um, that and yep. like in 55 states, or in sorry, 45 states, <laughs> I can do math, I promise. <laughs> 45 states, they're not mailing a ballot to everybody. So you have to specifically request that.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. I did look up some information as well about fraud Um, and there are, I mean, there are over 300 million people in the United States. So there are hundreds of millions of ballots that come in. Fraud rates tend to be around and listen to this number. They tend to be around 0.00004 to 0.00009% fraud. That is the amount of fraud. It is like tens or hundreds of individual ballots out of hundreds of millions, that tends to be the fraud rate. So there really is not a lot of evidence at all to support the idea that mail-in voting is any more or less fraudulent than in-person voting.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to note that obviously, like, yeah, tens tens of ballots or even a hundred ballots out of a hundred million is it's not great, right? So nothing is perfect, and especially now with the environment we live in and COVID, but there's a lot of fear-mongering going on right now, Um, and realistically, election officials are taking extra precautions to ensure that your vote is counted. So don't be dissuaded by social media rhetoric saying that your vote doesn't matter or that your absentee ballot is going to be lost. Because there's a lot of partisan thinking behind that type of commentary, and it simply isn't true. There's been no recorded mass election fraud due to mail-in voting in the history of the practice, which, I mean, we, we're dating this back to the Civil War, right? So in those hundreds of years, there's been no evidence that massive voter fraud is even a thing. And I would say that if, if that's something that you're really concerned about, but you're also really concerned about not wanting to go to the polls on election day and stand in these massively long lines that they're anticipating, a lot of states right now are doing early voting. Um, So check it out, see if your state has that option. Um, I know Tiffany who had messaged me on uh, Instagram before we went live, she votes in Maryland and their early voting uh, I believe starts today, they said, 21 days before the election we're 21 days before the election so there are states where early voting is already starting so that's that's also an option like and I know here in Wisconsin um, our early voting starts two weeks ahead and if you aren't registered you can go register at the polls early voting and vote that same day so there are lots and lots of options to make sure that your voice is heard this year Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking for New York as
1: well, our voter registration deadline has passed. It was this past Friday to register. But our early voting opens seven days before the election. Um, And another thing that you can do, you mentioned dropping off your absentee ballot or your mail-in ballot if you do choose to get one. Um, Those polling, every polling place you should be able to drop off your ballot. So if you want to do it in that early voting window and really minimize your risk of exposure to anyone else, that's another option available to you too.
0: God, there are so many options available. And, and like I said, a lot of states, it's starting now. Julia said that in Tennessee, they start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So critically important that you go and you know your, one, your deadline for registration, and then your deadline for by mail ballot or online voting, because some places are doing online voting as well. And then whether or not your state has that early in-person voting option absolutely
1: absolutely as you are watching guys feel free to throw questions at us as well about absentee anything that you're curious about that's what we're here to talk about tonight all right so let's talk about what you would need to do to vote absentee because like we were just saying it's not it's not a quick process like you show up and they give you your ballot and you fill it out and you you know turn it in that's your in-person voting but what are the different things that have to take place in order for you to successfully submit an absentee ballot
0: So, right. One, most important, you need to be registered to vote. I've said it like three times already, but that is the number one most important thing. You need to be registered to vote. Um, And again, a lot of deadlines are already coming up. Some have already passed. So be sure that you are cognizant of those deadlines for your locality. Um, And then you need to request your absentee ballot, um, which is a process in and of itself. A lot of places will do it online now, uh, but there are cutoff dates for requesting your absentee ballot. So I know here in Wisconsin, our cutoff date is the end of this week. So if I want to vote absentee, one, I'm already registered to vote, go me. But two, I need to request my absentee ballot online so that they have time to send it to me. Because three, there is a deadline to return that absentee ballot here in the state of Wisconsin, your ballot needs to be received by or before election day. That doesn't mean postmarked on November 3rd. That means it has to be in your election clerk's hands on November 3rd. So realistically, like if I'm backward planning, I'm like, okay, I registered to vote. I need to request my absentee ballot by the end of this week, which means I should receive my absentee ballot next week which means I need to do my research, know what I'm doing, vote all the way down the ballot, not just for that top office, check all the boxes that I need to check, and then send my ballot in no later than October 27th, so that it has time to get back to the office, be in that clerk's hands by November 3rd, so that I know my vote gets counted. So there's a lot of deadlines you need to keep in mind when you're doing this. And in addition, just paying attention to those deadlines about when you have to register, when you have to return your ballot in order to have it counted, it's really important to know where to go to find good information. So political parties legally cannot give you false information, and someone who is an election deputy cannot refuse to serve you because of your political affiliation, but the best place to go for information is your state election board website. And if you go to vote.org, that is the national voting website. It has all the databases on it. If you scroll down on that vote.org site, it'll take you to an alphabetized list of all of your states and you just click on, Yep, okay. Connecticut. Shakira said she was going to be watching. Uh, She lives in Connecticut. So I went and I looked at Connecticut real quick. It says um, Connecticut has election day registration. You can vote and register on election day, but your mail in ballot has to be postmarked no later than seven days before the election. And you can vote online up to seven days before the election. So these are things that Shakira in Connecticut would have to know. Like, I need to know my Wisconsin deadlines because they're all different. This is part of a very disconnected system, which is good because that disconnection helps combat voter fraud. Um, So it's not like hackers in Russia can hack the election system or uh, I don't know if you ever watched... uh, I used to watch Scandal. I loved Scandal. But oh, had I had never whole watched thing about, They had that whole thing about they hacked the U.S. election system. That's not a thing that happens because our, our election system is not connected. It's disjointed, and that's for a reason. It's so that it can't be hacked. Plus, a lot of the technologies we use, like, they're still from the 80s. Yep. Where, where my parents vote, they still literally, like, hand in a pencil and check their box and put it into a wooden box with a lock on it. (laughs) Olivia says that she visited vote.org yesterday and that it was super helpful. So perfect. Perfect. I hope you got everything that you needed, Olivia. It's super important to know your deadlines. Yes.
1: Yes. Can't overstate that. And I'm so glad that you mentioned vote.org and Julia that you've shared vote.org because over the next couple of weeks, one of our guest speakers actually is going to be from vote.org to talk to us a little bit more about this topic of voting, why your vote matters, um, and different things you need to know when you consider just this whole topic of voting. So I'm super excited to have them join us in future weeks also. Awesome. Yes. All right. So um, I'm going to throw a little... uh, out of left field at you, Sarah. (laughs) But um, The process of actually filling out your absentee ballot is a little more complicated than um, I initially thought, I'll say, because you have to follow the instructions like precisely when they send you your absentee ballot. There's multiple envelopes. You have to make sure you sign things.
0: Um, Can you tell
1: us a little bit about that? Like What could happen if you don't do it right?
0: Yep, so it's going to be different in every state. how, what your additional rules and what you have to sign and and all this stuff. But it is crucial that you do everything right. Now, there are some states that will actually call you and be like, hey, Julie, uh, you forgot to sign page four. Why don't you come on down and fix this so that we can count your vote? But especially in a lot of these larger municipalities, that might not always be the case. So if you, like... If you live with a a spouse, a a significant other, a friend, like have somebody double check your ballot. Um, Somebody that you're comfortable sharing that information with, have them, have them double check your ballot to make sure, yep, you crossed all the T's, you dotted all the I's, sometimes literally crossed the T's and dotted the I's. You signed where you need to sign, the envelope is, you know, whether it's gotta be in a sealed envelope that gets put in another envelope, like make sure you do everything right. human error is real and that's that's one thing that all the education in the world can't train out of somebody so you might know your deadlines you might know exactly what you need to do you might have done all your research to vote all the way down the ballot and if you make a mistake that that could be a a fatal error yeah so be sure that you are very closely following your instructions absolutely 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 All right.
1: Anyone watching online, do you have any questions or anything we didn't touch on related to absentee ballots that maybe popped in your head as we were talking or anything you'd like us to maybe expand on a little bit more? Um, I think we covered, you know, a lot of the information that's out there and then some more tactical steps as well, which is really what we wanted to give you guys is like, okay, if you want to vote absentee, Here's what you need to know. Here are the different things that you need to do. And here's a resource you can go to, um, to find that information for yourself. But if you have questions um, on your mind right now, we have a few minutes left. So that's what we're here for It's to help answer anything you guys need.
0: So Julie, while we're waiting for questions to come in. When I was doing my research to help Get me ready for tonight because I've been I've been out of the political game for a hot minute, but I came across another quote by Ronald Reagan, um, which I think really sums up not just elections in general, but specifically like big elections and an election in a time such as this when there's so much uncertainty. And what Reagan said uh, was, for this nation to remain true to its principles, we cannot allow any Americans vote to be denied, diluted or defiled. The right to vote is the crown jewel of American liberties and we will not see its luster diminished. So that really spoke to me because we are in really uncertain times. Um, Whoever would have thought that in 2020, we would see like triple hurricanes and the most massive wildfires we've ever seen coupled with a global pandemic and one of the most infantile displays of Pre-presidential debate that I've ever seen in all my years in politics, coupled with the civil unrest that's going on nationwide. Like, your vote is important. No matter who you're voting for, having your voice voice heard is important. And not being able to make it to the polls on election day, or being afraid to go to the polls on election day for COVID or for one reason or for whatever reason, it's, that should not take away your drive and your desire to vote. Never have we had times like this when it's so important to get out there and do the right thing and absentee voting is one way to just honestly just make it easy. Yep, yep, completely,
1: completely. Like we were saying, there are so many ways that you can make your voice heard in this election and it all just starts with making sure you're registered (laughs) and then figuring out your plan of how you're going to vote. Are you going to vote absentee? If you are, do it soon. (laughs) Register and request that ballot soon. Um, If you're going in person, see if your state has um, early voting and see if you can get there or get there on election day. But you have a lot of different avenues, and we wanted to talk about absentee voting really as early as we possibly could for that reason, because there is a little bit more of a process, (laughs) but it's such a good option, especially during this time with the pandemic.
0: Yep, so Olivia asked, um, how are absentee ballots counted by hand or electronic, and um, really that's going to depend on your municipality. So if you have a municipality, like my parents do, where you check the box with a pencil and then you put it in a locked box and those votes are actually hand counted, your ballot is going to be hand counted. Um, If you live in a larger city, like if you live in, I don't know, say probably Dallas, Texas. Um, they might actually send you that scantron that gets pushed into the machine. So it's really going to depend on your municipality, how your municipality votes. Normally that's how your absentee ballot is going to come across as well. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I know I can speak for New York. I voted absentee in the primary and that's what I got is that scantron type sheet um, where you just fill in your bubble and it's got all your codes on the side and all of that. And that's how we vote um up here in new york olivia's watching from vermont um, and i'm not sure how they typically vote if it's scantown or not great question great question all right you guys sarah any part any
0: final words or parting thoughts before we wrap up here go to vote.org if you have questions or concerns about how to vote when to vote what your deadlines are go to vote.org do not wait go like right now open another browser box on your computer and go to vote.org and figure out your deadlines and keep those at the for like put them in your calendar set a pop-up reminder in your phone so that you do not miss your deadlines because the only way your vote is not going to be counted is if you don't vote absolutely Perfect advice. Perfect. On
1: vote.org as well. You can actually get text and email reminders mm-hmm. for key dates. So if you go there and you enter in your information, and you say this is my address where I'm registered to vote, and you give them your email and your phone number, they will send you reminders um, for those important deadlines that you'll need to know about. So vote.org is just a phenomenal resource. Highly recommend all of you checking it out. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for our very first curious conversation. Sarah thank you so much for jumping on here with me lending your experience and your expertise and really giving us all the good knowledge about absentee ballots and absentee voting Um, and if you guys are watching this on the playback or if you're thinking about this in the future and you have questions on absentee ballots feel free to just drop them right here and we will take a look at them and get back to you um this is you know not the end of the conversation this is just the beginning of our whole discussion on voting so any questions you have or thoughts you have as you listen to this or check out these resources, um, feel free to let us know. We'll be more than happy to chat with you.
0: Okay, guys, before we close out this episode, I want to make sure that, you know, this was recorded a couple of weeks ago. A lot of the information here is still good information, but please, as I said several times during the course of this curious conversation, check your dates. For a lot of places, it's already too late to be sending in your absentee ballot in the mail. So make sure you know your dates, make sure you get educated, and make sure you go vote. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe. And share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at sarahmayski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.